amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Good morning. Happy Friday. Today is October 4th, 2019. This is Tove coming at you again. Another episode of Unpopular. Hope everybody's having a great Friday. My week could be a lot better. Um, It was actually pretty cool last week. About two weeks ago it was cool, but this week we've been having like this big heat wave. And from what I gather, it's like really cool up in the north and the west. But down here, man, it's really hot. And I'm kind of pissed off because I was enjoying the autumn weather about two weeks ago. It was like 99, almost 100 yesterday. Just, yeah. I'm really, really grumpy, like, when it's hot, when it shouldn't be hot. Like, during the summer, fine. But, like, when it's hot during the fall or winter, whatever, like, I get really annoyed. So, anyway, this is going to be a uh, double take of what was supposed to be a show on Tuesday night, but we weren't able to do it properly because blog talk was just, you know, being bipolar, which I apologize for. It works a lot better during the morning hours, I've noticed. I don't know if that's a placebo or whatever, but, you know, that's all water under the bridge. We're all here now. So right now I'm just waiting for JCD to call in. I'll probably wait a few more minutes before I send the message. I got a script in front of me, so I'm pretty prepared. So for today what we're going to be talking about is, uh, well, obviously it's Friday morning now. So we've seen the first episode of AEW. And NXT was also on Wednesday, so the first Wednesday Night War, week one, has occurred. So we're really just going to spend time to, you know, to kind of like dissect both shows, the good, the bad, the indifferent, things that were done good, things that weren't done not so good, overall fan reaction, and just things like that. It's uh, very easy to forget there's a pay-per-view this Sunday as well. And I was looking at the card, and uh, to my surprise, unless I'm missing something, there's only three matches advertised. So... Clearly, they can't have a pay-per-view with just three matches, so that tells me they must, you know, they're probably going to confirm a bunch of matches today, which also gives us another topic, which is SmackDown. SmackDown's debut on Friday is today, so 
I know so many so many wrestling shows. It's just very easy to forget. And uh, let me see, is there anything else on the table? Um, I mean, I guess we could talk about the ratings and stuff, uh, more full in depth detail. But I'm gonna definitely need some help for that. But the first thing I should definitely say is uh, I mentioned the call-in number. So the call-in number is 347-205-9868. It's 347-205-9868. That's the guest call-in number. And I'm going to go ahead and plug my Twitter. You can follow me at Toph Knows Best. A lot of folks always say, don't forget to plug your Twitter. Don't forget to plug your Twitter. You know, that's such a big deal. So anyway, right now what I'm going to do, at this moment is uh, just going to go ahead and send John a message to let him know that, you know, show started and stuff. So just give me a few seconds, guys. I apologize for that. Oh, never mind. There he is right there. I was about to miss him. Hey, John, what's going on, man? What's up, dude? I'm doing good. I was just saying in the beginning that uh, I was actually, like, not doing too good because it's, like, really hot, and I'm jealous because I saw that it's cool up in your area. We had some good fall weather about yeah, a week but, and a half yeah, ago. When, like, it was Wednesday really cool. Was, Wednesday was 90. <laughs> you know, oh, like, you, got, you guys had 92? On Wednesday, it was it was 90. Yesterday was 57, and today's more normal. I think today's, like, 65 and stuff. Like, yeah, it was mm-hmm. completely batshit crazy. Like, that that's that's what it is. Like, it's completely out of control. You know, Wednesday I'm working on my pool. Today I'm finishing up my Halloween decorations. Like, I don't know where I am season-wise. <laughs> right, right, right. Hey, I got to ask you a question because um, yeah. I just looked this up this morning. I just mentioned this about a few seconds before you called in. Um, I was looking at the Hell in a Cell card, and there's only three matches. So are they just going to yeah, confirm that, a bunch been, of matches today? Yeah, from, from what I – yeah, I, I that got touched on this week. A lot of stuff got lost in the cracks, obviously, with Wednesday night and everything. Um, yeah, apparently the plan is they're going to they're gonna announce a few more tonight, and then they're just going to – hey, here's here's this match. You know, you might even get that, like – on Sunday, you know, because, um, I mean, right. you know, it's going to be a little hard. I mean, even they're if probably they're gonna have to, uh, they're, they're probably going to have to, they're probably going to have to adapt to being like on Fridays. Well, no, it's not even that. It's just, this is just, you know, this is the age old thing where these shows always seem to happen connected to a go home show for a pay-per-view. Um, mm-hmm. You know what? I, you know, I think what you're going to see is you're going to see a few matches put together tonight. It's going to be hard to develop a lot of stuff with everything that's going to be going on. Um, and then you might get a couple of things. Maybe this is going to be a, a 48-hour span where the .com and you know Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, where that stuff I think is really going to play a factor into what's going to you know, make this show on Sunday. Because you got to figure, okay, with all the semantics and everything, you've got an hour between Seth and Becky with the two Hell in the Cell matches. Uh, you know, I, I think that's a re- realistic time frame. Yeah, I would now, imagine probably the show would have to start with one of them. Maybe. Maybe. You know, Right, and, uh, and another big misconception too. Uh, another big misconception. I'm seeing a lot of fans get this confused. 
and I understand, uh, the Owens-Shane match is today. Is tonight. Not yeah. the pay-per-view. It, it sounds like something that should be on pay-per-view, but, you know, they want to have a big first episode on Fox. So to the yeah. listeners out there, uh, this the Shane-Owens ladder match is on SmackDown. It is not part of Hell in a Cell. I'm seeing a lot of people on Twitter assume it's a pay-per-view match. And, I, you know, it looks like it and would WWE, be, but it's not. WWE, to their credit, has done everything in their power to, to keep reminding everybody that it's tonight. I mean, this is not like, yeah. you know, hey, why is WWE keeping everybody in the lurch about it? WWE has done it. I mean, it's all over, you know, their promotion for, you know, as far as the wrestling-wise, what's going to be on this show tonight. It's There is one more topic that, that uh, that there is one more topic that I did not add to the description of this episode only because the topic didn't exist. It literally happened the day after I made the episode. Um, but we're not going to talk about it now. I'm going to save that for the very end. I want to talk about this uh, Randy Orton rock scenario um, that Randy Orton anywhere. did a tweet. Randy Orton. Gonna oh, go I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I'm, okay. Because, I mean, and I'm not saying that in a, oh, you know, here goes JCD with another anti-rock rant. But it's just it's not going to happen. You might get them face-to-face tonight, you know, because, I mean, you know, you had that segment with them 15 years ago, you know, which on that Raw, which, you know, whatever, you know, I'm not going to go down this road right now, but, you know, it's been documented as to what that was kind of supposed to lead to. But, I mean, even if you get them in the ring together... I was just going to say that I think the match on paper looks all right, you know? Yeah, I, I think depending on from a ring capability shape Rock is in. I mean, physically, we all know, you know, I'm sure he couldn't pass a wellness test, but whatever. Um, you know, it, it just, where is he as far as, you know, ring conditioning goes? I don't think. Well, I, I don't said this, doubt the match well, would be said good. I've said this before. I've said this before. Rock, Rock, you know, he says that he's retired and that's fine. But you know, I've said it to you and I've said it to many people. Like, if, if Rock considers himself retired, that's fine. But you mean to tell me that, like, when Rock gets inducted into the Hall of Fame, which will probably be in the next three years, you mean to tell me he's just going to go in the Hall of Fame and like no match? No way. It's too much money. He's going to fight somebody. So if you're going to fight somebody, it's really just a question of who. And, with and if him, you're telling me the good thing, the good thing, not, the good thing with him is you've got, you know, oh, you'll get the people. Oh, you know, don't put them in the ring with anybody that matters, you know, because they're going to get buried. And that that's one thousand percent true, at least with him. And I'm always of the belief is if these part timers aren't going to put anybody over. Have them work with each other. You know that. I've said that to you. You know that's why right, I have right. no problem with well, the well, Cena well, Here's how I feel about. Thing. Well, here's but, how I feel about Rock. Let me just Orton. finish this. Let me just finish I, this. If it's okay. not going to be something with Orton, at least you have the two built-in matches between Triple H and Lesnar for Rock. So, you know, right. if Rock's going to, you know, if Rock wants to, you know, go into the Hall of Fame and and wrestle at that WrestleMania. And you tell me it's going to be him and Lesnar or him and Triple H. And you know what? 
I'm not totally against him and Roman. Even though Roman doesn't need it, it keeps Roman occupied. And, and you know, to their credit, they've done a great job keeping Roman away from the world title and all that stuff since he's come I back. disagree there, but, but we'll disagree there, but okay. He hasn't touched Kofi even in anywhere near the same segment with him. I, I don't care, dude. The, the story he's doing is completely disingenuous, and it just screams filler to me. That's not what I I'm, already know where it's going to go. Talking you think eventually it's going to circle back? No, what's gonna? I've seen this before. I've seen this time and time again. They've done it with Cena. They've done it with with uh, Orton. What they do is they do it like they do it where they just put you in these random pointless feuds to kill time. Then right around Royal Rumble time, yeah. they're right back and they need in. Maybe a big shot. Right. Yeah, I, I I could see. Okay, so, I I could see that because yeah, you so, know what? So, 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 You're so right. for me, for me to take Cena for me to take the Roman things. Right, right. So for me, if you want me to take Roman seriously. Like, get me to rumble you're doing this with thing. Albania without him in the title picture. Is that a, pretty is that much? A fair, pretty much. You know, is that a fair pretty thing? Much. If, or, they, if or, they get to rumble mania right. and he's not in that title scenario, well, let me ask you this. Though. I'll give them credit. If Hang they, on, if, let if me ask you that, this. More so okay. for the rumble than WrestleMania. Let me ask you this. More so Assuming, the rumble than mania. Right. Right. That's and and hear me. Hear my question out. If they, I know this is going to be hard because there's a good chance Brock's going to be champion. But let's say that's not the case. Let's say Lesnar is not champion, right? Mm-hmm. Even if it's still Kofi. And okay, we've danced around it long enough. We're doing Kofi Roman at the Rumble. Is it a bad thing if Roman ends up putting Kofi over? I think that's different from, okay, we've kept him away long enough. Now let's get him in the title match and put the belt on him. That's just me. They can, you know, they you, can do whatever they you, want at Mania. Cause Mania let, me, let me make something clear. They can do whatever they want at Mania. Because uh, we've seen at Mania that if they really want a match bad enough, they can make it happen. I mean, Kofi, he mm-hmm. fought Brian at Mania, and that had nothing to do with the Rumble. So Mania is a different animal. No, but, I'm more so no, no, concerned no, no, about the saying, Rumble. Because the because the That's rumble is all about getting new people over. So I've seen this before, like with other top guys, where in the fall to like the winter, right. and they're basically right. just and, and AJ, a, and, right. AJ is the perfect example. He he feuded with Ambrose, he feuded with this one, and then boom, it came time for the rumble. Who's in the title? There's Cena. Cena. Right. I agree with right, you. Right. 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 And and what yeah. I'm saying with is, you know, unlike with Cena though, because Cena beat AJ. But what if Roman went into that title match at the Rumble versus Kofi, but instead of, oh, okay, well, I guess now, you know, Roman's been away from the belt long enough. They're going to give it to Roman. What if Roman put Kofi over? I mean, that I mean, that would be cool. That would be cool, yeah. but I don't see it happening that way because I know how Vince thinks. Vince, historically, is not a fan of face versus face. So more than anything, what would more likely happen would be Kofi would lose the belt to a heel, and then Roman would fight right. whoever that person right. is at Rumble. Right. That's so usually more, how Vince more, operates 90% of the probably, time. You'd probably be more looking at Lesnar-Roman at the Rumble in, and not instead of Kofi-Lesnar. Right. 
Right. And then yeah. the thing about that is, and, and the thing about that is by having um, uh, the risky thing you have here is, uh, you know, because Kofi's had a, he's, pre- he's had a pretty long run. So if you have him lose the title, then the other thing you have to do, um, the, a champion doesn't lose, uh, a world champion doesn't lose the title before Rumble often. But the few times it does happen, um, the thing you have to do is come Rumble time when that former champion is in the Rumble, uh, depending on what kind of run they have, that's how you can see, oh, okay, was it a one-time thing or are they still going to be, like, featured as a top guy? You know what I mean? Right. So, like, for instance, and, and I'm, that, just, I'm, just, I'm just spitballing we're, here. We're say Kofi months, loses in December. out in Kofi. Yep. Yeah, say, say Kofi loses the say, – say somehow he holds on to the title and loses it at whatever the December pay-per-view is. And then mm-hmm. he ends up in the actual Rumble match in January. He doesn't have to win the Rumble, but if he's in the Rumble what match like, and he makes it to the Final the Four. Rumble. Yeah, what, how are you right. going to position if he makes it to the in final, that Rumble? Right, right. So, like, if he makes it to the Final Four, like, that's fine because you're saying, all right, because the Final Four basically is, like, the top four guys most times, most years. But, like, if he's just yeah. another guy and then he just gets eliminated, then that would piss, like, fans off. So that's – but oftenly – very often, I mean, not very often, but very rarely does a champion lose before the Rumble. Like, most of the time, the champion is very established, uh, most, you know, most of the time. So, mm-hmm. but uh, anyway, we're, we're, doing, we're going completely off, off kilter. Let me talk a little bit, just very briefly, about um, Orton and Rock. I, I think Orton and Rock would be good mainly for the promos. And um, I give Orton a lot of crap, but I joked about it. I, I posted this on Twitter. And I, I, I posted it on the, our private PWP page, and I said, if you really want to do this Orton rock thing, I said, you can set this up with, like, one promo. Or you could have Orton, you know, come out, and then you could have The Rock interrupt them. You have them go back and forth. And then you could have Orton be like, you know, you know, Rock, I never really liked what you were cooking. And then you could have Rock say, well, Jabroni, not everybody has a daddy that does everything for them. And then Randy could say, at least I talked to my dad. <laughs> he could do that. <laughs> Wait, is, so like there, if you is get, there something going on with Rocky Johnson and The Rock? No, the, the, the consensus is the consensus is that, um, and The Rock has, to, not to his credit, he's gotten better with it, but the consensus is, you know, for many, 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 many years, it's always been about his Samoan heritage, but not his African-American heritage, you know. So oh, okay. he always talks about how, you know, he yeah, always talks about how great. The other night, and I'm like, wait a minute, right, there's right, something right. going on. Well, right, and right. then, and then and there's so a, in relation I don't know if you Kofi. saw it, there's a batshit mm-hmm. crazy report that AEW, like, reached out to Rocky Johnson, like, Johnson saying he right. turned down an offer from AEW. <laughs> Like, right. Wait a minute. What, what's so, going so, on here? So I'll, I'll try very, I'll try very hard to like keep this off kilter, and, and I, I don't expect you to, because this is one of those things. Unfortunately, well, it's over now. It's over now. But this is one of those things in the wrestling community where, um, and I have to say this, I'm going to come off like an asshole here, but I, I'm not trying to be an asshole. This is one of those topics where really it affects black fans. You know, for many years, the whole thing about how come WWE hasn't had a a black world champion, and then there's the big debate on whether or not Rock counts, or whether or not Rock does. doesn't count, you know, because he's, <laughs> he you, you know, stuff know like that. Why, so I don't know why. Well, well, here, here's why. I don't even know why that's up for oh. debate. Like, you know. Well, well, here's the reason I, why. Here's the reason why is because WWE and The Rock for many years never acknowledged them as black. And case in point, I've said this 
for me, I mean, it doesn't matter now. Like, it doesn't matter now because Kofi's champion. But every year when WWE has Black History Month, when they do those Black History segments, they never show The Rock. They've never shown him. Never. You will not find a single segment in WWE where they outright say The Rock's black. Never. Never. Not exaggerating. Yeah. Not bullshit. Yeah. Never. You're, no, you're right. You're every right. time to do you're the right. black, every time to do the Black History Month, you see Mac, you see Mark Henry, you see Harlem Heat, Booker T, you see Miss Jacqueline, you see MVP, you see um, Junkyard Dog, you see Shelton Benjamin. Never rock. Never. It's always yeah, Samoan stuff. So for that reason, many people in the black community, they're like, "Fuck rock." He's like he's like Tiger Woods sort of, and and again I'm trying to keep this I want to keep this very brief because yeah. you know Tiger Woods and I know I, I actually had to do a documentary on Tiger when I was in college like I think it was my freshman year. A lot of folks don't notice about Tiger. I mean I'm happy Tiger's in a better place now. He's got his shit together. He won the Masters, but I I, I researched this about Tiger. So Tiger, you know, obviously his father was black, but his mother wasn't. And when Tiger was like when he was an amateur level, um, one of his first girlfriends was black. He dated a black girl. And one of the first big breaks that Tiger got was um, before he got in the Masters. He was like in his early PGA and then tour. Didn't, didn't he and, like you know, dump like, her like right after that? Didn't he like dump her like yeah, right he, after that or something? Right, yeah, right. And I've the, heard right, that. And the reason that it, Right, and the reason they broke up was because, like, you know, he, he, he was basically a, a right – he was just about to turn pro. And what happened was he got his sheets in the mail, like his – you know, where you got to sign up and you got to put your information mm-hmm. and stuff. And when it came yeah. time to put down what race he was, he, he put, checked yeah. other. Right, and so his yep. girlfriend, who was black, was like, if you go out there the on that field, yeah. they're going to see a black man, and Tiger just didn't see it that way. Now – you know, it, it didn't it didn't help Tiger's success. And the crazy thing about it was when Tiger won the Masters and when he became basically like a, a cult icon in golf and sports in general, the media portrayed it as like, you know, first black man to ever win Masters. But like if you talk to Tiger, he didn't see it that way. And and like The Rock, and I'm just I'm being very very like I'm gonna I'm gonna get so much heat here because and, and I want people to know this. I don't care about any of this. Like I don't I don't care who people choose to date or whatever. But the one thing that Tiger and Rock have in common is their taste in the girls they date. Tiger always just dated very petite, average-looking white girls. You know, Rock, most I, I, of his, most careful. of the girls. I want to be careful with this too, because I feel like you're right, 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 you know, right. I, and listen, I understand where you're coming from a thousand percent. Right. But you know, yeah, he's he's a him. You're right, because, and this is one of the things I can't stand about him, and I, I've always felt weird bringing this as, that aspect up, because at the end of the day, who, right. wants to hear, who wants to hear a conservative 43-year-old white guy complain about a guy not right. being black it's, enough? Right? It's hard. It's one of those topics where, like, if you're I'm not saying. black, you know. Right, but I know you'll understand what I'm saying. Because, you know, right. you understand where I stand with him from the mm-hmm. get-go, okay? He – and this is part of it. This is why I think he is a fraud. I think he is a phony. And you're nailing it on the head. He plays to what's convenient at the time. How many – you know, it's always about – and if you notice, too, at the shows, it's always about his mother. 
You know, right. when do you ever see Rocky Johnson sitting front row at a Raw or pay per view? The only time we ever saw Rocky Johnson was at Mania was 13. That, well, you remember, I, I remember exactly, exactly. Right, that was and it. From, I mean, that was it's it. Like, not like I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. And technically, and technically, you know, that wasn't The Rock. That was Rocky Maivia, a completely right, different exactly. character. Exactly, that's a whole other different animal. Yeah, but you know, and and oh. from what I understand, unless I'm completely wrong and it's just something I don't know about, I I don't believe Rocky Johnson's like in poor health or anything to where he can no, he's never fine. get to it. Just don't. That's what I'm saying. They, like. They but just don't I, talk. But for whatever reason, it's the mother. And, but then, right. But then he'll do the opening for the NFL on Fox, and you know, he's all. First, you know, I don't mean anything bad with what I'm about to say, but he's all, he's all, you know, he's all. Black this, black that, with his attitude and his demeanor and the way he comes right. off. It's like you he, know, he, he picks and chooses. Like, dude, he picks and chooses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and, he picks and, and, and I hope I didn't like say, I hope I didn't say anything that came off offensive because I hope you know that that's not my intent. Okay. Right. Right. You know, I'm not it, it's not my intent, and I hope you. Okay, I'm just saying, and you know, I hope I, you know, I didn't say anything that anybody could find. You know, oh fucking JCD's a racist. This is not what it's about. It, <laughs> right. No, 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 no. Come, come on, Chris. I'm trying to be, you know, this is not what it's about. It's not about fuck the rock because he's half black when it's convenient for him. It's not. Mm. It's another point of why the rock sucks because he can't even be true to himself, who he is. Mm. And for a guy that talks about history and family and honor and tradition, He's, I'm sorry. This goes back to what I've said for years now. He's a fucking hypocrite, so, and he's a fraud. So most recently, so so most recently, I'd say, um, well, um, you know, his show on HBO, Ballers, is on its last season. Not this season, the season before last, last season. So last uh-huh. year was when he started to make a turnaround, and I don't know if he did it because somebody gave him a talk or if his agent or somebody important said, hey, you should address this. So last season, what they did on Ballers was they did this story. Because to those who don't know, Rock's character in Ballers, he's basically like a former agent, and as the seasons progressed, he's kind of increasing his way up the totem pole where he's becoming like an, an owner of like different teams and stuff. So what happened last season was there was this buyout storyline where – um, he had to basically fuck over one of his best friends to become the new owner of the thing. So he recruits this kid. He recruits this kid to be a football player. He's like got great potential. He's a college player, stuff like that. And um, he's got everything that you know a, a kid would need to you know be a big star in football. Okay. So Rock's character, he believes that you know this kid is going to get like a scholarship because he's you know he's got everything needed. Turns out, you know, when they do the photo shoots and stuff, like, you know, when, when players, like, do photo shoots, they are making him do a bunch of stereotypical uh, photos. Uh, this kid that he recruited is black. So the Rock's character comes to the realization that they didn't want him because of his skill. They wanted him because he was black. And instead of focusing on how good he is at football, they want to focus on, like, his his race and stuff. So it's kind of like a... Uh, a, a race storyline where Rock feels like this kid is going to get taken advantage of. And so 
this makes Rock's character feel uncomfortable, and he starts to tell the staff, like, you know, this isn't right. And then there was a particular episode where one guy calls out Spencer. I keep forgetting, that's the Rock's character's name. His character's name is Spencer. So Spencer gets called out, and one of the agents says, hey, Spencer, why do you care anyway? Like, you're Samoan, right? And then that's when the Rock's character, Spencer, says, actually, I'm Samoan African-American. So his character is saying that. And so after that episode leaked, after the episode aired on HBO, uh, it was it was trending on Twitter, and all of a sudden, Dwayne, Dwayne the Rock Johnson started doing interviews about how, like, yes, I am black, I am Samoan. So like now he is talking, like now, so now he is yeah, acknowledging it. it taken, and I don't know. It shouldn't have taken twenty years right, for, for that right. to happen. Right, okay. and what also did not do him any favors. Well, also didn't do any favors, and this is, and I didn't even notice this at first because most of us were just really happy at the time, right? So when Kofi won. Right. So first of all, that, that's why many people consider Kofi the first black champion because Kofi is legitimately from Africa. He is from Africa. That's like where he was born. So he is the first African American like world champion in WWE. So when Kofi won, many legends took to social media to congratulate Kofi. Even legends that don't even follow the right. product anymore. Like I remember Lance right. Storm. Edge, Christian, Bret Hart, even even Scott Steiner, even Scott Steiner. I remember even Steiner on Twitter said, congratulations to Kofi, hashtag Kofi Mania. The one person that never said anything, no Rock. Now, to be fair, Rock didn't tweet about anything related to Mania. None of the matches, not even the girls, not even Ronda or anything. So maybe he was just busy that year. But many people thought that, hey, if anybody – with like I remember, like you know, KME's not here right now, but KME said it himself, and KME's a huge Rock fan. KME said if the Rock really wants to improve his, uh, I guess you could say, standing with the African American community, he said that Rock should be the first person to thank Kofi. But as it turned out, Rock didn't, you know, say, "Hey, congratulations." But to be fair, I'm not going to hold all that against the Rock because I paid attention to Rock's Twitter during Mania early this year, and he didn't post, he didn't tweet about anything related to Mania you, at all. You know what the so problem? You know what the problem is with that, Chris? And I'm sorry, but this is a guy that tweets when he takes a fucking shit at 3 o'clock in the morning. You could find 15 <laughs> seconds to tweet out about Kofi. Do me a favor, you know. Right. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I'm not trying to turn this into two hours of, you know, me versus The Rock again, but nah. I mean, The not. Rock does whatever he wants. I remember when he tweeted a picture of himself in the gym. Wearing a Lucha Underground T-shirt, and that was really cool. Exactly. He didn't have to do that. Exactly. He gave Lucha exposure. I remember yeah, he took exactly. a picture with Samoa Joe. When Joe was point. still in NXT. That's, right. That's my point. Okay. This guy can make time for this, that, and the other thing. And okay, and he can do whatever he wants. Oh, you know, I'm the one guy Vince can't control, and I don't have boundaries. Blah blah blah. You mean to tell me, with all the other bullshit he does? He couldn't find 15 seconds for Kofi? Nah, don't don't give me that. <laughs> oh. Right. Well, anyway. Don't. Uh, so back, <laughs> so so back on the um, – on, on, on. <laughs> right, 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 right. Let me, let me, let me finish this up. So um, okay. the la- last thing about the last thing about Rock and Orton is I, I think if you were to give if, – if, if, if you give – if Orton is motivated and if you give, I'm talking like motivated, no filter Orton, like Orton that just doesn't oh, give yeah. a shit. Like if you were to just, if you were to give like Orton special privileges for this one particular feud, where he can just do whatever he wants, say whatever he Randy, wants, listen, and then you Randy, give. Here's and the then deal. You, 
Don't call. Don't drop an n bomb. And don't mention right, his right. ex-wife. Yeah, I'm not saying like that. And don't I'm, mention I'm his like, ex-wife. If, Other than right, that, right, right. I'm Randy, just saying you can do whatever right. you want with the guy. Right, 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 right. So that, that's so if, if you give Orton like 100% like no filter chill, and you give Rock 100% creative freedom for the promos, I'm sure it'll be fine. And even though for many years I've been very hot and cold on Orton, the one thing that um, Orton doesn't have, and I do feel this hurts him. Uh, I, I do feel like I mean I'm not a huge Randy Orton fan, but I feel like an, I do see this with Orton fans a lot. The one thing that really hurts Orton's legacy is. As much as a top guy as he's been, and as many world titles as he's won, it can be argued he really truly hasn't had a WrestleMania moment. Like when you, you really are, think about you it, you are one thousand percent correct. You are one. You, you think he's, he's had a lot of manias. He's had a lot of mania matches, but how many moments quick, has he really had? Head, exactly. Quick off the top of your head, give me something you remember about Randy Orton at WrestleMania. There's nothing. The only There's nothing. Right, the only right, right, pretty much the only mania moment I really remember is I remember his match with Taker at twenty one and I remember the choke slam into the RKO. I remember the match was good. Okay, but is that and, a moment? But Taker won. Is that a moment? It's not a moment. Okay, he had a good not really. a good match at Mania with with a cool spot. I could tell you probably right. a thousand guys that have that. Does it right, mean that's right. a WrestleMania and, mo- you know, moment per se? And and to me like so. one of the most forgettable and I, think, and I know a lot of fans forget this one, too. And I don't know if they forgot it because the feud was just forgettable. But fans forget, what? like, he retained at Mania 24. That was a triple you know threat. It was pro- you know what the Cena, problem Triple with 24, H. You know what the problem with, with the match of 24 is? I'll be honest with you. Number one, it was supposed to be him and Hunter straight up. And if it was, and he would have beaten Hunter that year, I think that gets a totally different, you know, you know, we'll get, right. we'll get looked at turns. The problem is Cena came back, and let me tell you something. I was at the guard, and that fucking pop to Cena at that rumble was fucking, and that was one of the loudest things I've ever heard, okay? Problem is Cena came back, won the rumble, and then in challenges says he's not cashing in the title shot at Mania. He's cashing, he's, whatever, at No Way Out, or Elimination Chamber, whatever it was still called back then. Yeah. So then, yeah. So then they do a number one contenders, I think, don't, don't hold me to it, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to guess here. I think they did a number mm. one contenders chamber, and Triple H won. Triple H won the chamber. Then mm. the problem is, it was one of those convoluted. It was one of those convoluted bills. I recall. It was like fuck. We had a plan, but then Cena fucking got cleared early, and now we have no other thing for Cena to do at Mania. So we're gonna do this, and then on top of that, instead of Orton pinning Triple H, Orton pinned Cena. And what everyone forgets about that, that uh, year, what everyone forgets about 2008, I, is 2008. Hmm. Until he came back from the neck surgery at Survivor Series, Cena was basically a jobber that year. I always thought that Mania 24 was similar to Mania 19 in the sense that going into the show, there wasn't one particular match that stood out as the main event. But the advantage that Mania 24 had over 19, well, two advantages. Number one, we had another legend 
who wrestled his last match, and it was advertised as such. And number two, Mania and there was a push for that. Uh, Actually, what gets lost about that is everybody wanted Flair to main event. Flair right, had nuts. right, right. Flair said, right. And then the other thing that, that in the mm-hmm. in the slot, and Flair was the one that said, "No, I don't want to do that." And then, and then the other thing that Mania Twenty Four had that Nineteen didn't have is Twenty Four had a legitimate celebrity. You had um, yeah, uh, you had the attraction. Uh, you had Mayweather. May, yeah, you had yeah, Mayweather, and yeah, I remember at nineteen they show. tried to get right. And if I remember correctly, I think WWE they did try to contact uh, Jay Z, Fabulous, and somebody else for a rap segment with Cena, like on actual yep. Mania, and it no, fell Ludacris. through, and they couldn't do it. Ludacris, Ludacris, right, Ludacris. right. That was the and guy. It yeah, fell through, it, it and they, fell through, and they couldn't. They, and it couldn't, they couldn't do it. And so Cena just did this, like, segment, like, in the pre-show instead. And I always wonder, yep. had they gotten that, had they been, like, had they advertised, like, hey, Cena's going to do a battle rap with, like, Ludacris and, like, 200 people. Like, I feel like a lot of casuals who don't pay attention to wrestling but, but do like the rap game, they may have, you know, bought a pay-per-view just right. to see that. Like, that could have been, right. like, a nice middle-of-the-show attraction sort of thing. But, um, mm-hmm. but, but I think, but, but, yeah, Orton's never really had a mania moment. So if you no, did Rock it. versus Orton – that would be like his mania moment, you know. Um, and, and and Orton's got a good point too in his tweet where he said, "Let's," because I think I think the main reason why I could, I'm I'm like down for the match, even though I'm not like a crazy Orton fan, is Orton said, "Let's see who the best third generation superstar yep. of all time is." And I'm there like, you, you know go. what? That's There's marketable. You can market that. That's it. Right. That's it. You could, you know. Right. Yeah, that's it, man. You could, you could. That's it. You build that match based on history. That's it. You don't need anything mm-hmm. else. You don't need anything else. Yeah. That's it. Just which one of us is better. And even if Rock didn't show up for three, four, five weeks at a time, it would be a case where it wouldn't hurt the build because at the end of the day, the story is just about here's these two guys. They're these two novelties in the business, you know, mm-hmm. and which one is the best? You know, mm-hmm. you know, there's a generation, and it's a, and, it, and it will start. It, it will also bring together two different generations. You know, even though it's easy. Right. Like, what do you mean they're both? If you think about it, Rock and Orton, you know, they're two different eras. So you've got the yeah, era guys who will sit there and tell you, "Oh, it's got to be Rock." But then you've got the modern era guys, modern era guys, who will tell you, "No, it's Orton. Look at what Orton's done." Look at Orton's career. Look at the longevity. Look at the more accomplishments. You know, yeah, I, I and, agree with that. That mm-hmm. would work, and it's simple. It's simple. You wouldn't need to overbook yeah. it, and it's the type of feud mm-hmm. where even if Rock didn't show up, for what you know, if he couldn't, whatever, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, again, turn this into shitting on him, but even if Rock couldn't be at SmackDown or at Raw, whichever show was going to, quote-unquote, promote the match, you know, it would be fine because, you know, you just, listen, me versus you, who, which one of us is the better one right. like this? And that's it. That's it. It's the only thing, simple. the only thing about this match, the only thing about this match, and um, this is the only, this is really at the end of the day, like, I know how you feel about The Rock. 
This is really the only negative no, thing I, I have to say about the Rock professionally. Totally, this is the type of right, right. Well, what, what I'm about to say is this is the only negative be, thing I have to say about the Rock professionally. If this does happen, Rock needs to understand that the one thing that I have not seen Rock do ever since he came back in 2011, he needs to humble himself. If this match happens, like Triple H and Sting, or Goldberg, or Goldberg and Lesnar, or Triple H and Batista. This is a great middle of the card attraction, yes. not a main event. Yes, you're not. You're every not time, every time, right? Every time Rock shows up, he's always right. Every yep. time Rock shows up, he's always main eventing something. And I, I could see Rock trying to say, "Let's make this like one of the high marquee matches of Mania." And like, yeah, it will be, but it's not going to be. But it's main going event on at nine hour. o'clock. It's not. It's going on right. at nine o'clock. It's not going on at eleven thirty. I agree. That's the one I thing that, that I don't see Rock. Right. That's the thing that I have not seen the Rock do. Every time he doesn't show oh. up often, but whenever he does show up, it's always like. In the later he's hours of the under, show, you're gonna have to understand, you know. And these are things yeah. everybody has to be smart as well. You need to lay this shit out. Okay, let's say, let's just say hypothetically, Rock, Vince, Hunter, and Orton get in a room tonight. Okay, we're gonna do this. All right, Vince, I'm gonna free up my schedule from February 1st to I don't even know when WrestleMania is, April 10th, whatever. Let's do this. All right. Okay, great. But you guys have to understand, you're not main eventing. You right. will be a main event, but you're not the main event. The main Do event. you understand? Right. You're not the main event. Do you understand this, Dwayne? And he's either going <laughs> to say yes. No, I'm being serious. Like, he's either going to say yes, and now you've got that, okay? Or he's going to say no, and that's when you turn around and say, well, then fuck it, we're not doing it. Right, right. All right, so um, last uh, part on SmackDown. Let's see, I, I believe uh, you can correct me here. Uh, I believe Steve Austin and Sting are advertised. Is, is Hogan Flair going to be here too? Hogan, I, yeah, Hogan from, yeah, the list is Hogan, Flair, Sting, Rock, Undertaker, Goldberg, uh, Les, obviously Lesnar, um, and there's talk there might be one or two others. Um, I think Trish might be there. Um, I think Nikki Bella is teasing that she'll be there. Um, you know, if they were smart with Trish, now that you've got Charlotte like pseudo face because Bailey's like pseudo heel, I'd have Trish. I'd keep it simple tonight, and I'd have Trish and Charlotte do a segment where, you know, Trish can address the SummerSlam match. And you could have Trish quietly, like, put over Charlotte. I know it's harder to do when, with a heel, but now that Charlotte's, like, kind of pseudo-faced, um, you know, I would, I, I would do that. I would keep it simple. Um, I, I know I'm sure there's going to be one or two things that no one knows about um, they're going to try to put together. Um, I know there was a little bit of a push as to whether or not Cena could get from Atlanta to there. Um, I mean, I know nine t- 99 times out of 100, logistically, it's, it's impossible. But at the end of the day, this is Cena. So while nothing's confirmed with Cena, if Cena showed up, I wouldn't be surprised that he got there. It would be a nice surprise. You know what I'm saying? But, like, I wouldn't be like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Like, I could see Cena being like, yo, I need to stop filming at noon. 
and I need to get on a jet and fly to L.A., and I'll fly out after SmackDown tonight, and I'll be back tomorrow. Like, I can totally see Cena doing that. You know, let's, let's be honest. That's not out of the realm of impossible. So, right. you, know, let, you know, maybe Cena, but I think for the most part, you know, other than announcing the Fox Backstage show host, and we'll get to that, I don't know if there's really anything else major that hasn't been announced that we'll get tonight. I, the interesting thing is going to be the way the segments are incorporated. You know, like we talked about this. You've got Taker and Sting under the same roof officially, okay? Yep. I don't know the last time. I don't know if they've ever had that. No, they haven't. Other than they haven't. What they did, what they did, it was, it, it, was, it was weird. It was weird because uh, in, in 2015, um, it was like every time Sting was on, like, Taker on wasn't. tour. Like, if he was, like, Taker wasn't. And then every time Taker was on tour, yep. Sting wasn't. And it was like, yep. what the fuck? Like, what? Yeah. That was the that was the frustrating thing about it. Because what fans may not remember is when they did Taker versus Bray, um, that feud was totally carried by Bray. It was a one-sided feud. Like, Taker did not make one appearance during that entire build-up to it. And then after Taker beat Bray, you were thinking, all right, is he going to show up the next night and challenge Sting? Nothing. Then Sting disappeared for a bit. And then when Taker mm-hmm. did show up again, it was uh, it was when they did Lesnar and uh, Rollins. Rollins and showed up and then the to, to attack Taker Brock. Worked up to, Taker worked up to SummerSlam and then was gone. And then the problem is Sting showed up the night after SummerSlam to start the Rollins feud. Although, the only thing with that, oh, my God. My, gaze- my gazebo just flipped over. Holy shit. Right. <laughs> no, it's not good. That's how oh, windy wait, wait, it is. Wait. Oh, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, it must be windy then. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm still here, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I gotta fix this. Um, okay. okay. Um, wow, ripped right through. I'm here. I'm here. All right. Well, while you're doing that, um, I'll just go through. I'm gonna, I'm gonna transition into uh, Wednesday, and you're gonna get the Cliff Notes version on what happened on both the uh, NXT. And AEW shows. I got some notes in front of me. I actually made some notes. I wrote down some notes as it was happening. All right, so uh, uh-huh. here's some Cliff Notes version of everything that was featured on the shows, man. All right, so for NXT, we had uh, Adam Cole against Matt Riddle. Finn Balor returned, said he was going to be NXT. Velveteen Dream cut a promo on Roddy. He had Eos Shirai against Mia Yim. Yeah, Johnny Gargano versus Shane Thorne. You had Shannon Baszler versus Candice LeRae for the NXT Women's Championship. You had Pete Dunne versus Danny Burch. And then after that, you had Damian Priest attack Pete Dunne to set up that feud. You had the Undisputed Era versus the Street Profits for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Uh, the, the Street Profits came out with Wale, did a performance. At the end of the show, uh, Tommaso Ciampa came back to confront Adam Cole. And then a Cruiserweight title match was advertised for the next show, which would be Leo Rush against Drew Gulak. So that's the Cliff Notes version of NXT. And then a Cliff Notes version of okay. AEW had Cody yeah. versus Sammy. You had uh, Tony Schiavone being featured in a Mean Gene-like role where he interviewed people after matches. You had um, Cutler versus MGF. You had Hangman versus Pac. 
you had Riho versus Nyla Rose for the first uh, AEW Women's Championship. Uh, you had John Moxley make an appearance and attack Omega to continue that feud. You had the Elite versus Jericho and I was going to say LAX, but Tia, but uh, Ortiz and uh, Santana. And then you had uh, the debut of uh, Jack Hager. And then you also had the Bucks versus Private Party advertised next week for uh, the uh, tag team tournament. So those are the Cliff Note versions of uh, both shows. Yes. So. Yes. I'm here. I'm here, man. Let's. Oh. You know. Oh. Okay. Yeah, did you I get? Mean, did you, did you I get? Mean, everything you saw? I'm working on it. I watched both oh, okay. shows. And. <clears throat> I thought NXT from a top to bottom pure two hour show was the better show. I did. Um, I said that Wednesday night. I watched it. I watched them both again on Thursday. That's how I feel. AEW, you know, they were, you know, that was of course what Wednesday night was about. It was about AEW's big coming out party, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Of course, they were going to win the ratings. Um, you know, they won by what I thought basically the margin would be about 500,000. I just didn't think it would be as low as it was. You know, I, I, I had said, and you can go back to the PWP chat to reference this to know I'm not making it up. I had said about 17175 for AEW and uh, what you call it, uh, one, two. One two five for NXT. The fact that it was basically one four nine to eight point. What was it? One four to eight nine or something. Um, I was a little surprised at that. Um, I really kind of undervalued the MLB Wild Card game, as well as you know, if Todd Ricks to be to be believed, the uh, NHL kickoff. On the NHL mm-hmm. startup, um, you know, I didn't think those would be as big a factors as I'm assuming they were. I, I can't see it being a case of lack of interest, you know, that led to those numbers being low. Um, you know, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go into I'm gonna go into that. See, here's, here's the thing about the the numbers being low. See, what makes this war different? Um, people are comparing this to WCW versus WWF, but it's not like that at all. See, WCW and WWF was lost to younger fans. Older fans know this. Younger fans either have forgot this or they just didn't know. WCW and WWF catered to different fan bases. WCW was a Southern-based promotion, and it always had more of a legitimate sports-like feel, whereas WWF was more entertainment-based. And it was more so about the characters, the personalities of the matches not being as important. But the main point is is that they both cater to different fan bases. NXT and AEW, they cater to the same fan base. That's what's lost. It's not only that. It's not only that. And you're right. You know, I didn't didn't necessarily agree with you a couple weeks ago when you said that. But when I really went back and thought about it, I'm like, you know what? He's right. Mm -hmm. The the fan bases are the same. Yeah, the part of it, like, too, I like it. Mm. is, and I'm surprised both companies are doing this. There's just, they're giving you way too many options 
to watch it later on. I mean, I know DVR that's, changed that's, the that's game. That's just the convenience. That's the convenience of just the world we live in today, you know. And that's why I'm not no, taking this no. rating stuff see, I seriously. I, I, yeah, see, that's the one thing though that I disagree with. Okay, yes, the world has changed. Yes, there's DVR. Mm. Yes, there's digital. But you know what? You can control. You know, WWE can control when they put it on the network. Okay. AEW can control how many replays they're going to have. I mean, they had a 10 o'clock replay. I think there's going to be a condensed version of the show uh, mm-hmm. airing Sunday nights on TBS. Be, 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 I think that's going to get Because announced. of how they're doing it, because of how they did it on that night, there was no priority to watch either show from 8 to 10 because there are so many no. other options of when you could watch it. So. Right, exactly, exactly. You know, so, I mean... I mean, is this going to probably so be if the they norm want this every to be a, So, I mean, if if they, realistically, I, 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 let's I'm, just I'm say... I'm giving the benefit of the doubt. I'm giving the benefit of the doubt because this was the first week. If they do this every week, then that's another thing entirely. But if that was just a one-week thing, and then, like, next week they do just, like, we're going to... Okay, here's what AEW should do, okay? AEW should have their show from 8 to 10, and they should have, like, a replay, I don't know, two days later or something. And I, I don't know much about I, I don't know much about TNT, but NXT is easier to deal with. What I would do for NXT is people keep saying, oh, well, if you have the network, you don't really need to watch USA. What they need to do for NXT is they need to not upload the NXT episode until like Friday or Saturday. Give fans a reason to tune in to watch USA. That's what needs to happen. On Raw, they have USA has a 30-day waiting period before WWE can put it on the network. There is a 30-day waiting period. Like, if you go on the network now, we're just hitting, like, the post-SummerSlam and early build to, like, Night of Champions, uh, Clash of Champions stuff. You know, so, you know, I wonder if USA will turn around, you know, in a couple weeks and say, you know what, we need this put in as well for, for NXT as well. You know, I, I wonder if that's it, you know. I mean, it's it's just, it's way too easy. I felt like I was I was doing the back and forth Wednesday night, okay, and then whatever. That's why I it's not really, it's, it's not really like how it was 19 years ago, because 19 right. years ago when Raw and Nitro were on, you flip-flopped, or you recorded one, and you watched, and the, watched other, the other, and if you missed, or you watched right, and if you missed or the you other watched, one, then you watched right. the night for replay. Right, right. Mm, so it's not really like that, like you know, because there's so many other ways to watch stuff now. Yeah. But you know, that's mm-hmm. what hurts as well, you know. And I just, I don't know. I, I really don't know what. You know, I, I don't know. You know, I know, I don't know if the 10 p.m. replay is going to be a permanent thing, but I know. Supposedly, there's going to be like a Sunday night, one-hour condensed version at like 10:30 on TBS. So that right there, that's going to be our highlight show. If um, you know, let's say, let's just say USA pulls NXT from the network. Let's just say, for argument's sake, okay, you got to wait, you got to wait 30 days before you put it on the network. Okay, I could turn around and watch NXT tonight, and then I know straight out Sunday night. I can, what you call it, I can, I can watch, 
the important stuff on a on AEW then at like ten thirty. You know, so what if, you know what where's the emphasis on I've gotta watch it now. That's the one thing right. neither company and I'm surprised is doing I'm really, currently. Right, they're not doing that currently. And until they and, and, and until they do, it's not a real war. Not really. Never not right. really. I'm, I'm really so. I'm really surprised, and I'm really surprised that both companies are not, you know, pushing this mm. a little harder. You know, that, that, the, that's why must... right now, as of as as of right now, it's more of a friendly competition than a war. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not a war. No, it's and a the friendly competition. The fact and the fact that WWE congratulated AEW, you know, yesterday right, right. tells me that yeah, this is just you know. You know, like, you know, there's really nothing. It's like oh my two God. students in different classes. Hang on classes one second. On Hang on racism. one second. Hang on mm-hmm. one second. Okay. I'm guessing John's got to deal with something over there. So, um, what I was going to do is uh, I was going to talk about my experience. Um, my experience was pretty cool. I, I have not did a post about it on Facebook or social media because it's just too long. So there's a Buffalo Wild Wings in my area, and it's just weird, like, Buffalo Wild Wings. It's, like, it's it's kind of like, I don't know if anybody has ever seen a, sp- a spot like this. It's like um, there's a Buffalo Wild Wings, but right next door to it is, like, this bar where people drink. It's in the Atlanta area. It's like a hybrid place, basically. Um, I've always driven past it, but... I've never really, you know, gone there that many times because, you know, I don't drink like that. But um, it's a pretty big area. A lot of folks go there, like, you know, during their games to watch, like, basketball, football, or whatever. So I went there on Wednesday, and um, the bar area and the Buffalo Wild Wings area had TVs, and they were playing uh, AEW, and they were playing NXT at the same time. So it was a really cool experience for me um, because growing up as a kid, I used to always have watch parties and stuff, and, um, used to always like watch wrestling with friends and stuff, so it was really cool to just see a bunch of people just watching wrestling. And there's two shows on. It, it gave me a lot of flashbacks of like the Monday Night Wars. That was my first time experiencing something like that in many, many, many years, and it was really fun. So, um, but a lot of people at the bar were casual fans. You know, they didn't watch anything but just main roster WWE. They weren't familiar with NXT and they weren't familiar with AEW, by and large, but a few exceptions. So most of the people at the bar were casual fans. And so um, it was really interesting gauging a casual fan's reaction because sometimes casual fans, they can see things that, like, hardcore fans can't see. So that was pretty Hi. interesting. So uh, what I'm going to do right now is um, I, I do one by one. one thing. Chris, hang on a second. Oh, I want to mention one okay. thing. Yeah, sorry about that. I do want to mention one thing that – and this plays into why I thought NXT was the better overall show. And maybe it was the first night, and maybe when they go back and watch it, you know, AEW can address it and, and all that stuff. There was a spurt, and I, it happened around 8.45, okay, where AEW went to a commercial break. It was four commercials. Then when they came back, they did two cut-ins to the elite guys in the, in the locker room 
and Jericho and LAX. And then they cut to J.R. Tony and Excalibur. You had, and I know Raw does it, and believe me, I hate it when Raw does it too. So before any, you know, whatever comes of it, I felt like that was a rough stretch to have, especially on this night. And in that slot, like, that was big. Like, NXT was doing Yim versus uh, Low at that, d- during that. But that, that's something that I think AEW needs to, you know, fix. I don't know if you could go, I mean, you got to figure the commercial break, it was four commercials. So you got to figure that was probably at least two minutes. You probably had a minute between the two backstage segments. And then I think Tony and JR and Excalibur talked for about two minutes. That was probably like six minutes of nothing. And in a three-hour show, yeah, maybe it's easy to do, but I feel like in a two-hour show, that's a rough stretch. You know, so hopefully, you know, for, you know, it's a minor thing, but hopefully next week and the week after, AEW can fix that and, you know, go from there as as far as, you know, making the show flow smoother you know like I felt like AEW was trying to be two things they were trying to be bang 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 almost like NXT was if you were to think about it, NXT was just bang 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 you know with all their matches they really didn't have anything backstage other than the dream segment and another thing NXT did good is even though it was brief they did a quick video on that Kagan Knox chick that's debuting soon. They took a talent that's not on TV. And, in a, and, and on that night, even for like 15, 20 seconds, they gave you something to introduce them. Cody talks about this roster. And, of course, Cody backtracked. Oh, I didn't mean 40%, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, but there are a lot of guys on that roster who – even forget about BTE and the road to and who's arguing with who on Twitter that people don't know. And they could have done something just to give you a quick little promo piece on SEMA. I know he wrestled a dark match. Give me 20 seconds on SEMA, you know, and why when I see him in two weeks, I'm going to care about him, you know, but instead they have Michael Nakazawa interview hero and then almost get killed because he got almost got dropped by Nyla. Well, why do I give a fuck that Nyla's beating up this Japanese announcer guy? That should that that's the two things they need to work on better. And the third thing is let's cut the crap with Nyla. Nyla is not one of the best wrestlers in the world. Let's cut that crap right now. And stop with the fucking act. You know why you signed her, okay? Stop, stop dancing behind it now. Because I, I believe it was you that mentioned it. Cody got called out on the conference call. Well, he didn't get called out. About, claiming, he got called out about. No, he got called out about diverse, Right, but it all right, ties right, in right, together. Right. It all ties in together. But the one thing I, the, claiming, the one thing I give them credit about Nyla be, is, is that they haven't plugged that she's transgender. They haven't focused on that. No, because in you know 2019, what? You know what? it's not and a big deal. Good. 
that's good. That's good that they haven't pl- gone that road with Nyla. But I don't right. need to see Brandy cutting an interview. Oh, I didn't know she was transgender. I signed her because she was one of the best wrestlers in the world. Cut the shit. Because if Nyla wasn't what she was, let's be honest, is Nyla on that roster? I can tell you at least two spots in that match and then the post-match beatdown on Michael that would tell you absolutely not. That, you know, they need to cut that shit out. They need to cut that shit out. You know, you can't claim to be about diversity and equality and including, and then A, dance away from it, and then B, where is your diversity? Okay? You know, what are you going to do? Have Sonny Kiss, you know, fall under three different demographics? You're not doing it for the right reasons then. And no one's saying you should sign anybody just because of what they are. You sign people because they deserve it. And if they happen to be A, B, or C, whatever, on top of it, that's just a different animal, you know. But, you know, you can't claim to be this and then, like I said, dance away from it. And then on top of that, have, you know, people are realizing, wait, well, you're not that because look at your roster. Okay, so what I'm going to do is, um, this is very interesting. All right, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do this one by one. I'm going to go through the NXT show first, give my okay. thoughts. Then I'm going to go through the AEW show, give my thoughts very quickly, not like because if I analyze it, it'll take too long. So I'm going to go through both shows, give my personal thoughts, and after that I'm going to express the opinions of the reactions of many casual fans that I encountered while watching both shows in a bar, because I was actually but, more yeah, intrigued. I was say, you were not, you were like out somewhere, right? Right, right. It was it was cool. It was cool. Like I was at I was at a Buffalo Wild Wings, just right next to a bar. You, you know, like those gas stations, those really big gas stations, like in the big cities, that have like kind of a mini place to eat attached to it, and there's yes. like you know other things there. It's, it's yes. like that. It's like there's a it's like a it's like a BP gas station, and like to the left of it, there's a Buffalo Wild Wings, and then to the right of it, there's like a place where you can go to get some drinks. I always thought it was kind of counterproductive to put okay. like alcohol near <laughs> near like where yeah. folks drive, but whatever. Yeah, but a lot yeah, of folks right? go to this place uh, <laughs> for like you know for like for like basketball and, and baseball and football. Okay. A lot of seats, a lot of TVs and stuff. So it was really fun for me because well, that it was right the first there, time. Let me tell you something that right there is is pretty cool in the sense that you know what you had ba- you, well you didn't have basketball yet, but you had hockey, you had baseball, and you and the place still mm-hmm. managed to put on. Not even one, but both of the shows. That's pretty cool. That that tells right, 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 right. reach is is, you know. Mm-hmm. It was it was a very exciting time for me as a fan. Um, the last time I attended, like I'm I'm ashamed to admit it, but it is true. The last time I attended a wrestling watch party was WrestleMania 28, 2012. I was at a friend's house, and it was like uh, this was like two years before the network where it was uh, me and, like, ton of friends, and we all pitched in 10 bucks. We all paid for the pay-per-view. We ordered some beer and some pizza, had a good time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, after that, like, most of my friends either just, they either grew out of wrestling or, like, they stopped watching wrestling. And then when the network happened, um, because of the whole 999 thing, the whole, like, watch party thing kind of died because people just stay at home. 
right. and watch it, or right. I just go to the show. And then, so, oh, well, so, you know what? I can't start it at 8 o'clock, but it's okay. I'll pick it up at 8.45. Right, 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 right. So, you know, I'm, so I'm, cool I will lie. Me. I'm notorious for that. You know, I, you know. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, it's fine. That's what right. it is. It's, yeah, it's, okay, you know what? Shit, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I get you. But, you know, that's, that's pretty cool, man, that there was a place that had, like I said, not even just one, but both of them. That, that's pretty neat. Right. So I'm going to go into that a little bit later. So what I'm going to focus on first is I just want to go through each of the shows individually. And then once I'm done going through uh, the shows individually, then I'll talk about, like, the reactions I got from casual fans. Because it was, it was about, I'd say, mm-hmm. about uh, – I mean, this is this is combining, like, the, the bar area and the Buffalo Wild Wings because – because uh, okay. both areas are pretty big, I'd say it's about probably somewhere about maybe 300 plus people. So it was it was pretty fun. Okay, Everybody so was like pretty good, proud of it. That's but. a good that's a good sample size number. That's a good yeah. sample size number. Mm-hmm. Three, yeah, yeah. That that's a good number. All right. So first, I'm going to uh, go to the NXT, and that's why I got the uh, Cliff Notes. So um, NXT, uh, Adam Cole versus Matt Riddle was fun. Uh, I'm not a fan of the whole. Uh, I'm not a fan of the destroyer being used as a setup move, but it is what it is. That's just the business. The business evolves. That that's match is that's fun. been a hot topic uh, actually. I, I've seen that in other places. Yeah. People are starting to get people are glad right. it's being used now, but a lot of people are saying what you said that like it's not being right. used right. the way it was ever meant to be. I recall I re- that was why I was really, really strict. And I don't want to spend too much time on this. That's why I was very strict on um the Gargano Cole match because I remember I don't know if it was the first match or the second match, but one of the matches they had to take over, I swear to God, Cole went for like three different destroyers in one match. And I remember that last match they had, I think there was an avalanche destroyer where like Cole jumped off the top of a cage and hit it and Gargano kicked out and it was like, What the fuck? Like Gargano is a great wrestler. I'm not denying that. But most of his matches on takeovers that people say, oh, my God, match of the year, it's just kick-out fest. It's just him kicking out of moves. And there's no real storytelling in that type of style. It pops the crowd. It's entertaining to watch. But there's no storytelling. It's just kicking out for the sake of kicking out. It's the same stuff that fans complained about the Young Bucks back in 2013, 2014, back when they were still in the Indies. And I, I, I gave Cole a pass because I knew that it was something that Gargano was notorious for. And I'm familiar with Cole. I've seen him in Ring of Honor. I've seen him in New Japan. And I know that Cole can tell a story. So I gave Cole a pass. But to see him do it against Riddle, like I'm like okay, all right. So, <laughs> so it's like Cole. I can't, I can't, I can't give Cole it's a pass. Not, it's not just Gargano. It's not just Gargano's right. fault. Right, 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 right. So I see Cole's doing a little bit of it too. Um, I'm gonna give Cole a slight pass. Hopefully he tones it down a bit. But anyway, the match was cool. It was definitely like you know, bam, 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 just like you said. And, and give, um, so, and give so, Cole some credit. There, there was some question late last week as to what he was going to be able to do. Like there was speculation that he might not even be able to wrestle. Maybe they would take, they would, they would strip him of the title, you know, with that wrist and everything. So the fact that that match was that good and you had a limited uh, Cole, that, that, that's saying a lot. <laughs> right. So then after that, uh, Balor came out and the first thing, <laughs> I guess this is how I have OCD, right? Balor came out. 
And everybody's talking about his hair. This is how I know I have OCD because I didn't even care about his hair. The first thing I noticed is he's got a tattoo now. And I was like, cool, he's got a tattoo. So, um, so Ballard, you know, he comes out and he says that he's NXT now. Um, let's see. Uh, let me think about this. Let's see. Well, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm I'm gonna save the Balor thing for uh, the end. So Balor comes out and says he's NXT. I'm gonna come back to Balor. I'll come back to him later. All right. So Velveteen Dream did his promo against Roddy. That was a cool promo. Uh, Io against Mia was good. I thought it dragged a little bit. It was a little too long for my taste, but the match was good. Gargano against Shane Thorne. I totally forgot Shane Thorne. He even still worked there. I totally forgot. Um, I was trying to remember who he was. Have you ever seen that before? Like, have you ever watched a match and, like, you you feel like you know one of the guys and you can't remember who he was and you can't get into the match and then you remember who he is at the very end? Like, I, when I looked at Shane Thorne, I was like, who is this guy? I've seen this guy. And then, like, by the end of the match, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's the other guy from TM61. I'm like, oh, yeah, because, you know, the other guy got released. So, yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, so Gargano fought Shane Thorne. Um, I feel like uh, Damian Priest should have attacked Gargano. But I get why they had an attack done because they want to give Dunn a feud. Gargano doesn't need yeah. a feud. Everybody knows who he is. You gotta you gotta give Dunn a feud. So anyway, so that match is fine. Uh, Pete Dunn against Danny Birch. Danny Birch is okay. I'm more of an Orny Lorkin guy, but Danny's okay to me. Orny's the he's the real money. Yeah, of the team. Danny's good, but so. Orny Orny's great because of his Twitter. <laughs> that, that's what it is. Orny's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. Of Twitter. Yeah, Orny Orny Orny's, <laughs> Orny's great. Orny Orny had like one of the best tweets ever. I think. Um, I think like it was when Matt Riddle made his debut at the first takeover. Oni like said, I remember when me and Riddle used to watch Black Lightning High. I'm like, oh my God, this dude watches Black Lightning. Like, how can I hate you? Uh, Oni's great. Oni's like Cesaro if you turn him into a cruiserweight. Oni's great. So, uh, yeah, so Pete Dunn against Danny Burch was cool. I, I noticed in, uh, I mean, I'm not too familiar with the NXT UK guys. I know I give the UK guys more. Um, you know, uh, some crap. What I have noticed about Pete Dunne is on NXT, uh, they seem to be putting more emphasis on his submissions, which I don't mind. Yeah. So I'm used to Zack Sabre Jr. has kind of prepared me for this. So all the Zack Sabre Jr. matches I've seen. So uh, Damian Priest, I'm not going to lie to you. When he was Punishment Martinez, he bore it the shit out of me. He was, he was not interesting to me in Ring of Honor. He had a unique look. He was very tall. Um, I, just, I just don't know. He just didn't do much for me in Ring of Honor. But the visual representation of, of what I've seen so far in NXT, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes it's not about the talent. It's about how you uh, present for that, that talent. Yeah. So, so, so in NXT, the way he was presented, how, like, the lights, because I'm not too familiar with him. Like, I knew he was with NXT, but I'm not, I'm not following NXT like that. And admittedly, well, I'm going to have to start character. doing that he now. Was- he was appearing right. briefly as Punishment Martinez, you know, just to get him on right. TV, get him, you know, on the on the road and everything. And then they pulled them, mm-hmm. which is what they do from time to time. It has nothing to do with mm-hmm. him specifically. They pulled them, and now they gave him this character. And he's taken really right. good to it. Like, it's really, it, you know, it kind of, it kind really of reminded me of, uh, yeah, it really reminded me of, uh, of Arrow. Uh, you know, like, you know, Arrow and I talk about, like, the, the Arrow shows, like, Arrow, Flash, whatever. It reminded mm-hmm. me of Arrow. So, like, when the lights went out and then Pete Dunn got it. Because so when the lights went out, my first thought was, like, what? Because I don't know anybody on NXT that has that kind of gimmick. I'm like, <laughs> when the lights first went out, I was like, did Triple H fucking get Sabu or somebody? I was like, well, who's going to show up? So then mm-hmm. when, when he attacked Pete Dunn, I was like, oh, okay. And then he did the Archer thing and then his name appeared in fire. And I was like, oh, 
That's kind of cool. I mean, that that, yeah. that visual was more cool than anything I yeah, saw him got do. A cool, in the water. Yeah, he's got so. a cool. They got a little thing going with him. Right, right. So that was cool. Then the main event uh, was the Undisputed Era against the Street Profits with Wale, who uh, came out and wrapped him to the ring. A uh, good tag team match. And then, of course, the Undisputed Great Era retained. And then, yeah. and then, uh, and then after that, uh, Champa came out. I had no idea this was a thing. I had no clue Champa was calling the belt Goldie. Does he call it Goldie? How, Does he really do that? Yes. How did you not know that? I don't watch NXT like that, to... dude. I didn't know that. Well, you should. You should. Well, I'm gonna yeah, have to. Him and I'm gonna have to, obviously. Yeah, him and Goldie. <laughs> That's what he called the belt. <laughs> he's Goldie. Yeah. You know, he's. He was the. He's the. And. He was the greatest sports entertainer of all time, and he had Goldie. Yeah, Tom Chopper was great, man. Yeah, it reminded you me know? of uh, Hiromu. It reminded me of Hiromu because you know? he used to call the belt uh, Mr. Belto or something like yeah. that. So, yeah, Goldie. Uh, and then, of course, the um, and then of course they at, at some point they advertised a uh, cruiserweight match next week between. Uh, uh, oh, that's my mom's phone. Sorry about that. They advertised the match okay. between Drew Gulak, Gulak and, and, Leo. and Leo. Right, right. So um, overall, this show was fun. Uh, good wrestling. And more importantly, and, um, you just missed an important factor of it. They called it the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. They did. They did. All right. So then, um, so the the pros of the show, I thought was, you know, rapid fire, rapid fire, rapid fire, like you said. Mm-hmm. And I get it because it's the first week competing against uh, AEW. The main con of the show was the lack of promos. That goes with the wrestling. You got to have that added in there. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to assume going forward that they will do more of that. Well, and uh, there's more stuff I like to say. Everything on that show, other than the Gar- well, even the Gargano Dawn match from the last taped NXT was set up. I I think this was a show where it was like, okay, we're doing Cole Riddle. To, okay, we're gonna put that to bed. Candice and Shayna, we're putting that to bed. Street Profits Universe Undisputed Era, we're putting that to bed. I think next week, because all right, Cole's got his storyline going forward with with Balor and Champa. Where does Chena go from here? Where does Undisputed Era go from here as far as the tag champs go? Roddy and Dream, their promos have been amazing. Roddy setting Dream's couch on fire was great. So that, I'm mm-hmm. sure they'll continue to build that story. It, you're right. You know, in the sense of they need to do it going forward. I think now that, you know, for two of the three champions especially, they have to, they're starting fresh. I think you will get more of that. Right, right. So uh, there's more stuff that I that I will go into, but I need to go over uh, AEW first because the other stuff that I'm going to go into it relates more to the casual thing. So uh, the AEW show, um, I liked. What I liked about the AEW show was uh, they did the promo for Cody and. Well, first of all, the show just mm-hmm. started. It started. Uh, there was the pyro, and then they just went straight into the promo of uh, Cody and Sammy, giving you an idea of who Sammy was. Um, I thought it was fitting for uh, Cody and Sammy to have. Actually, to know what, to those that don't know, um, Cody he's so into being a director 
that, and I'm I'm noticing this pattern with him, that in these AEW shows, either he's, he's the first early. match or or he's the last match because he wants to dedicate his time being a producer yep. in the back as well, and so that's that's cool. So yeah, so the, he, the Cody even, semi match was a, did that. He even said that. Um, he said that about a week or so mm-hmm. ago that he was going on first not because. And he said, he said, I understand how it looks that, you know, oh, you know, I'm one of the, you know, main guys of the company and I'm wrestling in the first match. He, and to his credit, he admitted, he's like, I know how that looks. He's like, but I'm also a, you know, I'm also producing the show. He's like, I want to get my match over with and then get into that other chair that I sit in. And I agree with him. You can't do that if you're going on at nine o'clock. You know, right. you could do it if you're one thing that, and you could do it if you're going on at nine forty five. But you can't just turn around at eight fifty and say, Okay, well, let me get out of my suit and let me get in my you know, yeah, he you know, Cody for as much crap as I give him, I will say this, he does a good job of trying to balance out both roles. You know, whether it continues right. like that, we'll see. But yeah, I he's He's doing what he can. You, you know, you can You know, that was a lot of things that I felt like Cody got some unjust heat for. You know, and he didn't need to address it. You know, I don't. You know, you, you, who does he own it? I don't think that he needed to address. But you know, it, it's you can't kill so, Cody for that. So what I liked about Cody versus Sammy, and I've noticed this in particular a lot with Cody. And some would say this is just because of the limitations of what Cody can do. But whether that is the case or not, I've noticed this about Cody. What I love the most about Cody's matches, um, I'm noticing this about him. His matches never go too long, but they're not too short either. They go just the right amount of time. And I feel like the one thing. He's a perfect 13-minute match guy. Right, I, and I feel you don't, like you don't need success, to limit him to I, eight, but if you ask him to go twenty-five, thirty, more often than mm-hmm. not, it's going to be a problem. That's what Cody. I, I, is. I, I and feel like that. Right, I, I feel like the success of Omega and Okada and Dave Meltzer giving it a six-star rating. I feel That's like it, it started That's the this. Problem. Is it that started like, this. You know what do you mean this trend going of companies? Minutes? Right, right. It, it started this trend of. Of, of companies doing these long 40-plus matches just to do it. it. Yeah, exactly. Right, and that's where, exactly. that's where the the NXT brand at times, not all the time, that's where the NXT brand at times, but more importantly, that's where the NXT UK brand really loses me because when I saw that Tyler Bate had like a 40-minute match with Walter, I was like, did that really have to be 40 minutes? Like, really? No. Did that have to be 40 minutes? And, and I remember Pete Dunne, when he was still champion, he had like a 35-minute match with one of those U.K. guys. And I'm like, look, I, I, like, I love technical wrestling as much as the next guy, but, like, I, it's, it's very clear to me that, like, Omega and Okada, not, not, not people, what they did, right. but people, because – People on all sides are doing it just to do it. Yeah, you just know? to and do it. It, it, to turns do it. Into, it turns into, let's let them go 48 minutes. And you know what? Let's see if they could pull something batshit crazy out that's going to get us some, you know, extra oomph and, you know, recognition right, for it. Right. You know, 
and and stuff like that. Like that's what it turned. That's what this has turned into. That's exact. That's exactly right. it. And I'm sorry, but not everybody. And this is across. I guess we'll call it all three brands. So NXT is a brand. All three, mm-hmm. you know, WWE brands, AEW, Ring of Honor, New Japan. Impact hasn't gotten there. I think Impact is still yeah, kind of yeah, they've, they've keeping never their been guys like, working never been within like that, their to, thing. But you know to what? Their credit. You don't need to. You don't need to do it just to do it. And you know, you know, even ROH, you know, I don't need forty minutes of a Brody King PCO Briscoe's tag match. Mm-hmm. I don't need that for forty minutes. You know, I get it. PCO is right. going to almost you gotta, you gotta have point. the. Let that you gotta have the right mark. It doesn't happen to happen at 36 minutes in. You, 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 you gotta have the right chemistry and the right story, and yeah. call it the right people at the right place. For whatever reason, Omega and Okada in particular, just it those two, they they made it. They made it work. You know, I don't, and yeah. I can't tell you and, why and they the did, but they made it work. Number two is okay. So yes, Omega, Omega and Okada made it work. Absolutely. Putting so-and-so in with Omega and putting so-and-so in with Okada isn't a guaranteed recipe for it to work just because they're in with one of those guys. That's the other part that people forget. People forget that, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, well, just, you know, Okada's there. Okada will carry him for 58 minutes. That's not guaranteed. You know, oh, Omega's in there with him. Omega will make it work for 52 and a half minutes. Really? That's that's that other mentality that drives me fucking crazy. You know, oh, well, it's so-and-so. They'll be fine. Will they? You know, that doesn't, yeah. Matches don't have to be long just for the sake of it. You know, and I I feel like, especially with this AEW tag tournament coming up, I have a a bad feeling we're going to get a shitload of that. I I just have a feeling that... For the next couple of weeks of AEW, that's where we're headed. And I don't know if Best Friends and the Dark Order need to go 37 minutes. Uh, you know, I'm not shitting on but you know what I'm saying. Like, I, does that match warrant going 37 minutes? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. But um, I thought the match between Cody and Sammy was good. It was, it was just the right time. Um, Sammy works more as a as as a face, but like I guess in the situation he realized, okay, first AEW show, this is Cody's baby, you know. So I guess Sammy sort of understood that he was going to get booed, and so he played off yeah, the role yeah. pretty well, you know, you know. So that was cool. So I, I never I never viewed Sammy as a heel, but if he's going to be a heel going forward, like that's fine. What I noticed the most about Tony Schiavone is. Um, they basically gave him the Mean Gene role because Nitro used to do it all the time where, yep. like, uh, a match was over and, like, Mean Gene would interview this person or, yep. like, you know, sometimes, like, in, in between a match on Nitro, somebody would, like, come to the ramp and, and Mean Gene would interview him. They basically gave Shivani that yep. role, and it was like, wow, things have come full circle. So that was cool. Uh, Cutler uh, versus MJF was more of a more of a display for MJF. MJF, MJF like yeah. Damian Sandow and Elias. MJF is more of a character than a wrestler. So um, you know that's yep. not to say MJF is not a bad is a bad wrestler. It's just no, you're going to get no, more mileage out of MJF as a, as, of a, day, as a character. It's you know what he is. He's Joey Ryan. You know he's Joey yeah, Ryan in yeah, the sense right. of 
Are you going right. to see Joey Ryan wrestle for 32 minutes? Or are you going to see Joey Ryan because you're going to get the penis plex mm-hmm. and you're going to get the lollipop and you're going to get <laughs> You're going right. to see – no, no, no. I'm being serious. You're going to go see Joey Ryan because you want to see the experience. You're not going because, man, I can't wait till Ryan goes 28 minutes tonight with so-and-so. You're not. And Ryan mm-hmm. also be the first well, one to tell you that. Right, right. So th- th- this was a good display for um... – for for uh, for MJF as far as this heel character. Yeah. Um, next man was a uh, Hangman versus, and this is funny. It is pronounced Pack, and uh, it's it's actually an, an inside joke because it, when you look at his name, you're thinking it's Pac, but it's pronounced Pack. So if mm-hmm. you guys don't like the name Pack, then just blame Pack because he's a bastard, which is I think the whole point of the gimmick. So uh, Hangman, had against, uh, Hangman had his match against Hangman had his match against. What was that? How far and how fast has Paige fallen? It's amazing. Oh, I, I think they, I think they have to. I think they're clearly like on a on a on a rebuilding process with him. I mean, of all the members of the elite, um, he has the most potential, but he was the only one that didn't have a clear, fleshed out character. So you know, Heyman still has not found that character yet. But at the same time, though, they're clearly building towards Pack. Because he hasn't lost, he's undefeated, so yeah. you just can't have him lose here. So, and I, I appreciate know, him getting the submissions over. So, to me, I think what was the most interesting part to me was uh, one of the most surreal parts, other than seeing Tony on TNT, is uh, seeing Pac or Neville on AW because they're competing against NXT, and there was a period in time where you know, like he was the centerpiece yeah. of NXT. So that was that was pretty interesting. So, yeah, um, I just, but yeah, I, the I, match I, they had before. I worry. I worry about Paige, and I worry about him for a lot of reasons. You know, he's the guy that he was always the guy, even more so than Marty, that was looked always looked at as the elite and, oh, yeah, Adam Page, Okay. And, you know, whatever, the joke, oh, you know, Hangman needs to be thankful who his friends are, you know, whatever. You know, if the elite were going to go to WWE, you know, they would ha- they would have fought hard for Paige not to have to go to NXT, like all that stuff. Like Paige is the anchor guy with those guys in the sense of there's got to be one. There's always got to be one. And in this case, it's Paige. What worries me about Paige is while everything is in the golden, rosy, and rainbow phase right now, you know, <clears throat> eventually, if Paige keeps losing and in a company where wins and losses are going to matter, you're going to ruin him. And then oh, you know, yeah, yeah. at what point does he turn around and just say, you know what? Well, it's see, cool the, thing, the difference, John, is there's everything. a difference between there's a difference between losing and there's a difference between losing to people that they're building up. Each time he's lost, he's lost to somebody that they have plans for. Now, if he goes out next yeah, week and he loses to, yeah, to Jimmy what Havoc, to their pl- what happened to their plans for him? 
He was another guy they They do have plans for. for him. They do they do have plans for him. What what's going on is when the company first started, they said they were just going to keep it um the Young Bucks said the plan was just to have three titles, so a world title, a tag title, and a women's title. And they were were getting a lot of flack on social media saying like, you know, the three titles worked in the 80s and maybe the early 90s, but nowadays you need a mid-card title. Even NXT realized that because for many years, Triple H was against the idea of having a mid-card mm-hmm. belt in NXT, but then the roster got so big and so inflated that even Triple H was no, like, I, okay, we got to make got to make hard title. I get all that. Right, right. I so what's going to happen is at some point they're going to they're going to have to give him a mid card belt. Yeah, but okay, so you're going to have this guy lose to everybody, and okay, if he happens just to be the guy that's facing everybody else that's getting built before him, then that's just shit luck for him. But like, yeah, you're going to have this guy do a 180 out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, I mean, this was a guy in January. And, and, and also, don't, who don't forget, don't forget, John, that technically he still has a victory on Pac. Remember? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because they had one match, and Hangman had him dead to rights. He had one, you know, the one that that they were going to have that, you know, what? Yeah, and then they had it all out. They had it like, right, right, so yeah. they, right. Hangman had him beat, and then Pog gave the he gave the ref like a low blow or something. So, but technically Hangman won that. So, so this is a this is a long going feud that's going to continue. You see what I'm saying? It's one one still. I don't think this is it. Like they're going to clearly have another match at some point. But you know, but know. they're clearly building Pac too. So, but anyway, no, the I next match is. Uh, Pac, but I'm mm-hmm. worried about Paige. Well, he doesn't have a character yet, dude. You just can't have a, a characterless just guy worried. just get pushed. You know, that's that's one of the reasons why a lot of fans, and I don't want to change the subject too much, that's one of the reasons why a lot of fans, myself included, don't, don't take that. Seth Rollins seriously. You, you can't have that. a you can't have a gimmickless guy who's who's like a top guy. That's the main reason why I don't take Seth Rollins seriously. Seth Rollins, to his own admission himself, he's admitted himself in interviews, I have no character. Okay, why should I take you seriously? You know, he shouldn't be. That's why so many fans give Seth so much shit. I mean, I don't want to, you know, divulge the topics, but he hasn't yeah, figured it out I, yet, you know. I don't know. All right, we'll see. We'll we'll chalk that up to you, see. I just I, – I think there's a little cause for concern, though. I, I think there's a little bit all of right, a red so, flag there. All right, so the next match was uh, Riho against Rose. And what I thought, what I thought about this match is um, – you can have a good match and you can have a bad match, but what's really important is how a crowd reacts to it. And I remember earlier this year, a lot of fans were upset, and I didn't put it all on 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 the fans. I remember it was when uh, I think it was in February. It was a Raw where they did DIY against the Revival on Raw, and it was a good match. And like the fans were dead. They were like somewhere in Mississippi. It was or that, something. It was, and, and, they were in like Oklahoma or something. Yeah, or Omaha. Right, right. That's right. that was the problem. Right. Yeah, they did. They they fans, those guys, and mm, it was like, but you're right. doing it in Omaha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fans, fans can make uh, uh, I've always said like loud reactions can make a bad match seem good, and they can make a good match seem great. I thought that if we're just talking bell to bell. I thought that uh, um, Shayna Baszler and Candice LeRae had a better in-ring match than Riho and Rose. But what mm-hmm. saved Riho and Rose was the fans were into everything in this match, especially the very yeah. end. 
um, yeah. where uh, where uh, Nyla was setting up the chairs and she was trying to kill Riho, and then Riho got out the way. Um, so, and I think one of the big, the, the number one thing that I took away from this match, and this is not a detriment to NXT, this is more so of a detriment to the main roster. Um, the big thing that AEW has going for it for now, because as you said, John, we're in a honeymoon phase. The big thing that no, AEW has and, going and for it wrong? is, am I wrong? Right, right. You know, you're not wrong, but, but the main thing AEW has going for it is, as of now, up to this point, AEW has listened to the fans. So when fans feel like the company, when, when fans feel like their word matters to a company, fans are then respectful to said company. Whereas in WWE, where, and I'm referring to the main roster, not NXT, right. in WWE, where fans feel like that they have been outright disrespected and ignored by the company, that's why you'll have, like, you know, fucking uh, Lacey Evans having a match with Natalia or Grand Metalik having a match with, like, Cedric Alexander, and the fans are throwing fucking beach balls or they're just chanting random stuff and, like, they're not paying attention to the match and stuff. Like, that's why, like, in, in WWE, you'll have these, these moments in these certain cities where – the fans in the arena are just not paying attention. They're not giving a shit to it because they, you know, because of just the bait and switch of how the fans have been treated. And I feel like that's one of the mm-hmm. big advantages that AEW has is that there's going to be matches that aren't going to be as good, but the fans are going to be respectful and they're going to give it a shot. I remember one of the main examples of this was I think it was the Raw after. There's so many manias now. Which the mania that had the roller coaster theme? Which one was that? Thirty, thirty-three. Orlando. Was that thirty-three? Thirty-three. Orlando. Wait, yeah. Right. I remember the night after that, Neville had a match with Grand Metalik, and it was a good match. And I remember the fans were just shitting on it the whole time. They're just chanting random stuff, even though the match was good. So, but uh, but yeah, hard, Rio yeah, Rose. That's a hard example because that's the post mania assholes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. But you're right, though. But, There's uh, been tons of times where. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been post Mania or post SummerSlam, and crowds have been shitty. I I, I agree with you. I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, right. I do. I, so I, I the, know where you're going with it. Right. So the match was cool, and I, I thought it was it, it was good on them to have Rio win. You know, they didn't they didn't push they didn't put the belt in the eye just because. So, um. So then the main event was well, uh, the Elite versus Jericho and uh, LAX. Well, Nia kind of did it. Was I really... mean, Nia lost. Did it to her. Did it to herself. Right. Mm-hmm. From what well, I, I don't heard, think she was winning anyway. No, I see. I heard that was on the table, and then the tweet, and more. Not. I mean, obviously Cody was pissed. Tony was pissed. Kenny was pissed. The father was pissed, and I heard it even got to a point where the father wanted Nyla gone, and Tony got involved. Cody got involved, and you know. Nothing like that happened, but I heard the original plan was Nyla taking that belt because there was talk. Mm -hmm. Then they would use that and then go right into a Nyla Kong program. Oh yeah, I I can see that. Over the title, so um, but Nyla did it to Nyla did it to herself. So the main event, the Elite versus uh, Jericho and. Tito, uh, wait, what are their names again? I, I, I keep calling them LAX. San, Santana I know Santana's one. They don't have a name yet. Santana. Right, right, Santana and mm-hmm. Ortiz. The, the, the thing about, I liked about this match the most was uh, 
Mox was advertised, but they did it in a yep. way where you kind of forgot. You forgot. Oh, mm-hmm. so then when he showed up and attacked Kenny, you're like, oh, yeah. Like, it's really hard to pull that off where you advertise yeah. someone and then you forget about them and then they show up. So uh, that was cool. I liked him giving Omega the Death Rider, his new Japan finisher, mm-hmm. on the, the glass table, gimmicked or not. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the match was cool. And, uh, you know, obviously the one thing that I've noticed, too, this, this is the number one positive I will give the elite in general. Um, what I will give the elite is they are willing to humble themselves to get other acts over. The yeah. Bucks, yeah. Kenny, Cody. So unlike Jarrett in the NWA TNA days, and unlike Triple H in the Reign of Terror in 2003, the elite yeah. have no issue uh, getting defeated, getting beat up. They do this very regularly. They do this to get folks over. I mean, over. what was the show? So, what was the show? They wanted to lose, and Tony was like, "No, you're not." Right, they, right. Like, they wanted, they wanted they to would, lose. Right, they the wanted, Lucha they wanted to lose to the Lucha Brothers. Yeah, they, yeah, they wanted to lose to the Lucha and, Brothers. And, and I thought, Tony, Tony I thought the they should have lost. No, too. and it was like, yeah, yeah, it was like, yeah, Tony said yeah, no. Like, right. Tony said no. Right. So this, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony said no. So this, this, there's a misconception that oh, they booked themselves. Like no, like they've they wanted no. to lose every match so far. Mm-hmm. It's Tony that keeps saying, "Yo, you guys should win," mm-hmm. you know. And I, I get where Tony's coming from because Tony believes like you guys are front of the ship here, so you guys got to get wins every now and then, which I agree with. Yeah, but, so, yeah, but um, I also understand. Credit to the Bucks for understanding the diff. Like, okay, yes, Tony's point of view is valid. But I also give the Bucks credit for understanding, like, listen, you have to understand what we're, what we're kind of dealing yeah. with here, being that we're in the positions that we're, gonna, that we're in. You know, we don't mm-hmm. want to get it to a point where people are just going to say, oh, the Bucks are going to win because, you know, it's the Bucks. Kenny's going to win. And that, because, stuff, you know, that, 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 uh, that stuff can mean a lot, too. Because, and this isn't, this isn't 32-year-old me talking. This was like 7-, 8-year-old me. One of the main reasons why I ended up loving Booker T, not just because Booker T was black, but I was a huge Bret Hart fan when I was a kid. And when Bret Hart went to WCW, like I knew who Harlem Heat was. And I remember, I remember Stevie Ray, he turned heel and he joined the NWO. Yep. And I remember um, he attacked Booker. And I remember when Bret was U.S. champion, he had a match with Booker. And as a kid, I always associated. Right, right, right. I always associate a Booker as a tag team guy. So when Booker beat Brett, I was like, wow, I didn't know Booker was on that level. Like, as a, you know, as a kid, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, old, like, I, I never yeah. saw Booker. Yeah, I never saw Booker in that level. But then when he beat Brett, I was like, wow, he's pretty good. So a casual like me back then didn't know who Booker was, but I knew who Brett was. And so when Booker beat Brett, that made me want to know more about Booker. So I get where the Young Bucks are coming from because they're saying no, the not everybody knows the Lucha right. Brothers. Right, right, right. We're you know. 100% right. And this is going to be a problem eventually. Sooner or later, someone's going to be like, this is the way this needs to go down. And Tony's going to come in and be like, no, I want to do it the opposite way. What remains to be seen is who is the buffer between the two. Let's say it's, let's say it's the Bucks and Tony. Let's say the Bucks and I'm not saying this will happen, but let's just say the Bucks turn around and say, we need to win the tag titles, okay? Mm-hmm. And Tony turns around and says, I don't think you guys should win the tag titles, okay? 
and and I know everything starts and ends with Tony, so they say. If there's an argument about this, who's the guy to get in between? Is it Cody? Is it Kenny? From, from, from what I understand, from Is what I understand, Jericho? Tony has. No, from what I understand, Tony has the basically Tony's like the tiebreaker final say from what I gather right, but, in a situation right. no, like I that. No, I understand that. I understand that. And the decision will be what Tony wants it to make. But if that conversation right. were to say get heated, right, who's the mm-hmm. one? Hey, Tony, go over there. I'll be in there in a second to talk to you. Matt, Nick, go over there. I'll be over there. Let me talk a- to him. According to, according to what Jericho said on guy? Talk is Jericho, well, according to what Jericho said on Talk is Jericho, um, they are all, everybody, that's part of the creative process. And from what I understand, um, the people in charge of the creative process are himself, Cody, Brandy, the Bucks, and Tony. So oddly, Kenny's not part of it, which tells me that Kenny's still more of a wrestler. So those are the people that are in charge of the creative process. And Jericho said that they agree wholeheartedly, like they're all on the same page, like, 85% of the time. That was the percentage yeah, but, that yeah, Jericho gave. Let's be honest. Come so. on, Chris. Let's be honest. You you know better than this. Eventually, that's not going to be the case. Someone's going to clash with somebody over something. And it's not just going to be like, right. okay, let's go make a video blog and joke about it. It's going to get heated. It's just the nature of things. It's the nature of the right. business, of any business. There's well, going to come a time where there's going to be a big blow-up between this one and that one. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, and if one of the guys is Tony, who's the next person up to step in and be like, hey, guys, you know, who is that? Well, here's, a, here's something that, uh, that I want to transition into because uh, I want to talk about this uh, debut at the end because I was just talking about um, Damian Priest and how the, the Punishment Martinez character that I never cared for. So at the very end of, of AEW, you know, when all hell broke loose, you know, so like uh, we're gonna, Cody came we're, to the we're ring. We're going here, aren't Cody, we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Cody came to the <laughs> ring, and and then and then Sammy came to the ring. It was a big brawl, and the fans that got excited, they stood up. And when I was watching it live, like I knew where this was going because I immediately got flashbacks of Nitro because everybody remembers this oh, was Nitro. Oh, it was used a total Nitro ending. It was a total Nitro ending. Is is a right, cool. right. This was a. I was I was, was I was getting I was getting excited. What I was what I was waiting for was the I was waiting for missing, Tony to say. The only thing missing. We're out of time. Good night from DC. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. So I was kind of just sitting there like, okay, who's gonna be? All right. So then Jake Hager came out, and um, you know he was received pretty well. So here I'm gonna talk a little very briefly because we're running low on time. So, um, Jake Hager was part of Lucha on the ground. And when he was part of Lucha, uh, he went by the name Jake Strong. And what he did was uh, he put his hand against his chest like he was going to do read the people, but he kept pounding his chest sort of like how a Native American would do. And, and whenever he pounded his chest, he would say, strong, 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 and the crowd would just kind of chant it with him. And the way okay. that he was presented, he was presented as a legitimate tough guy which he is, you know, because he's got, like, MMA, you know, Bellator credentials. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't dislike it, and I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't in love with it either, but, 
you know, it was fine. And but for most of Lucha Underground, he um he was really working the lower card guys, and then towards the very end, right before the season ended, he started fighting guys. Yeah, I was getting there. Like right, right before the season oh, okay, ended, sorry. he started working his way up the totem pole. He started beating Phoenix, and uh, in the end, uh, in the finale, he defeated Pentagon, and he became the uh, ultimate. He became the Lucha Underground champion. Uh, another side story that they were doing right before Lucha died was the authority figure. Dario Cueto had been killed off, and it had been revealed that up to that point, like, even though uh, Dario Cueto's character was deceased, um, it had always been, like, sort of implied that Dario wasn't the real leader of the underground, that he was actually taking orders from somebody else. So they were teasing this higher power angle, kind of similar to what WWF did back in 99. And that was kind of like the big thing. (laughs) Right, so, so the... So that was like the big story, and in the end, it was revealed that the higher power was uh, Stu Bennett, you know, formerly known as uh, Wade Barrett. And Barrett, I remember like baby. they revealed him. Yeah, he was he was like in a suit, and and he came out in a limo, and it was really cool because uh, uh, uh so like Jake was the Lucha champion, and like so they were presenting Jake like a Lesnar-like monster, and then Stu was like the speaker, you know, because you know uh, Jake or Swagger was. was yeah. Right, right, you know, so it was it was different, it was cool, and and I was curious to see where it was going to go, but then unfortunately, uh, Lucha as a show went uh, into developmental hell, where okay. it continues to be, you know, so, but anyway, uh, so, Jack Swagger, that character, I never cared for, but like I said about Punishment Martinez, it's all about the presentation, so if mm-hmm. AEW can present him as a legit tough, because because the, the impression I'm getting is that he's going to be like Jericho's smart. Jericho's very smart. He knows that he can't go out there and wrestle like how he used to. He's going to be the muscle. But if he has, he's gonna, and, but yeah, he's going to be, gonna yeah, be like yeah, 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 the muscle. Here's the, the heavy, problem. Right. Here's the problem. And it was Ken Shamrock's problem in '99. It was Bobby Lashley's problem in 2009, and it's going to be Hager's problem this year. He fights again and loses. He's shot. That's the problem. That's the problem. This all goes out the window if he goes out in his next MMA fight and loses. Because I can guarantee you part of the appeal of him being in AEW and part of dusting off that Jack Swagger appearance with him is going to be the fact they're going to talk about his MMA run. That's great. That's smart. The problem is he's got a fight coming up. He loses that fight. He loses some of that attraction. It was the same problem with Lashley and TNA, and it was the same problem with Shamrock in late 99, right when he got in the feud with Jericho, and then told Vince he wanted to go back and fight. And Vince told him, you go back and fight and you lose? You're useless to me. And that's what happened. Shamrock lost, and he was never seen again until TNA. So they, they need to pray to God Swagger wins this next fight and kind of gets the MMA bug out of his system. Because if he loses, or then eventually loses and loses bad, it, it's gone. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So 
overall, um, I I enjoyed both shows, and now what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to go back and address the the pros and cons of of both. I thought that um, NXT was more of a wrestling-oriented show, whereas mm-hmm. AEW was more of a sports entertainment show, as as weird as that sounds. Not that there's anything yeah. wrong with either of those labels. Um, no, but so, it's just ironic um, considering what, you know, you would look at right, NXT being right. on the WWE banner and assume, and you would mm-hmm. listen to everything that's been said since day one with, with AEW, and then it's like, wait, what? Did they kind of do a reverse 180 here? Yeah, 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 quietly. So the thing that I noticed really is, um, um, I was, I was, as I said in the beginning, um, I want to talk about the 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 opinions and the reactions of of many of the casual fans I was reacting with. So when I was watching it at the bar, um, I was really having more fun just observing uh, casuals because most of the people at this bar they weren't familiar with NXT and they weren't familiar with AEW, but they all knew that the wrestling was really cool. So I was just right. talking to different people. I wanted to hear different folks' opinions. I must have talked to about 20 different folks there. I went on social media. I went on Twitter. And I was doing the best I could to just find casual fan things. Um, The first thing that I noticed about both of these shows is that as of right now, I feel that both NXT and AEW, by and large, are not trying to reach new audiences. They're reaching the audiences that are already invested at this point. So, like, if you're already on the bandwagon, great. If you're not on the bandwagon, then, oh, well. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I was trying to start to make with the ratings is that, Mm -hmm. okay, so one four and a nine. All right, 8.9 is a nine, basically. So that comes out to 2.3. So, I mean, is this what we're going to be looking at every week? Is how are they going to split? that 2.3, 2.5 million demographic, or when is somebody going to step up and say, okay, listen, mm-hmm. we're part of this 2.3, but wait a minute. There's another, whatever, million out there that we can get. What do we got to do to mm-hmm. get them? And it's going to remain to see which one steps up and goes for that. You know, that's the big um, thing. Okay, AEW's got their fan base. NXT mm-hmm. has their fan base. You'll see some of that probably ping-pong around this week now that the, you know, the lure of the first AEW show is gone. Um, you know, I think that you'll, AEW you'll has that this sports. I, I, think, I think AEW has this, as weird as it sounds, they have the sports entertainment part down better than NXT, like, there's three acts. There's three. There's three. The first thing I noticed was there's three acts with AEW that really translated with a lot of the people at the bar. Even though he wasn't on the show, the first thing I kept hearing about, so many people were like, "Where's Luchasaurus? Where's Luchasaurus? Where's Luchasaurus?" Yo, that Luchasaurus guy is really cool. I kept hearing a lot of folks talk about Luchasaurus. That's good. That's good. Um, the second thing. A lot of people really loved SCU. The the little the Barack Obama voice impression Sky Scorpio did that was hilarious. That was really good. And how they transitioned into like this is the worst city. The whole SCU that's good. They got that mm-hmm. down. And um, Pentagon and Phoenix. The whole like you know zero fear, zero fear. And like you know that's cool. On NXT, mm-hmm. they got uh, as far as casuals concerned. Uh, I you know I I was expressing concern to you. The the what had the biggest reaction in the bar of, of anything the whole night 
was uh, the Street Profits and Wale. You know, because Wale used to Wale used to come down here all the time in my area, so everybody knew Wale. They were mm-hmm. they were they were dancing with him, mm-hmm. and I'm concerned because I feel like one of the biggest casual acts that NXT has. When I, what I mean casual acts is one of the best acts that's going to invest a casual to watch and give NXT a chance are the Street Profits. And just based on that match, it looks like they're on the yeah, it looks like they're on the way up. Yeah. So that's just unfortunate yeah. timing for them. Um, so, um, but um, but but yeah, both both companies are are clearly catering to the fans they have. Um, the oldest fan in attendance was a guy who was in his fifties, and he had the most tell tall, I would say, statement. Um, I said, "What does NXT look like to you?" And he said NXT reminded him, and these were his exact words, I laughed. He said NXT reminded him of that old extreme promotion with the violent stuff. <laughs> so, so the fan base and the look of the show reminded him of ECW. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I said, so what does AEW look like to you? And he said, AEW looks like a show that's trying to compete with Monday Night Raw. So the oldest fan told me that visually it looks like AEW and NXT oh, yeah. are on a whole oh, different yeah. level. I mean, that's, that's so this not, is where I go not, back to the Finn Balor thing, right? So this, this is where the Finn Balor thing comes in. That's not the wheel or anything. I mean, there's, obviously, yeah, there's a difference between getting 400 people into full sale and right. getting so, 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 so here's where the Finn Balor thing whatever comes bullshit from. number so the, the, Cody's the problem, putting out there, despite the fact that 1,700 tickets were still on the secondary market, at 8.05 right, so, so, into an so arena. Here's where the, the, the Balor thing comes in. So Balor, um, uh, one, of the, one of the things about NXT that a lot of NXT fans just don't want to hear, and this isn't negative because TNA tried it too and it didn't work out for them. Um, NXT live events historically don't draw that well. So obviously if, if NXT wants to get the edge over no, AEW, they they're going to have to leave the, the venue. Is, no, no, Chris, see, here, here, here's, here's a misconception. Everyone hears 500 people for an NXT Saturday night show. Oh, they drew shit. No, the problem is they're going to a venue that draws 500 people. They need to get out of that. See, this is the thing, and, and I gave AEW crap for this, you know, for a while, but NXT is not excused from it either. You can't go around in one hand and claim you're this small little still developmental part of WWE. So that's why we're going to this armory or this gymnasium. And we got 300 people tonight. That's great. But then turn around and say, follow us on Wednesday night. Cause we're the biggest, baddest show on USA on Wednesday night. As if you're an equal to raw and SmackDown, you can't do both. Just like I always said, AEW can't claim to be this small little startup company, but then claim they're going to change the world. You know, you can't be both. You have to identify who you are. Supposedly, and we're going to end on this. I, I got to get going. Um, they are locked into full sale through the end of the year. What happens in January right. remains to be seen. I'm going to bet you 50 bucks to a dollar. Everybody involved, Hunter, Vince, and USA, are going to realize the show needs to go on the road. And that's right, right, right. And that's, where the, that, and that's where the Balor stuff comes in, because by sending a guy like him down a, a more mainstream 
name that a casual fan would know, they're going to check out NXT to see. There, there's kids out there who and watch I heard Raw he's not the last one. I heard there's more. I heard there's more coming. Right. I heard there is right, more right. coming so, little by little. Right, 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 right. So, so that's why they, they sent him down there. And it's very clear that, unfortunately, Balor is in a he's, – he's, he's in a Naito-like situation where after he dropped the first Universal Championship, fans were waiting for him to get re-inputted back into the title picture. And it's become very apparent that on the main roster, that's just not happening. But on NXT – He'll be used better, and you know he'll have those opportunities and, and stuff like that. You know what's that. great about Balor? So. You know what's great about Balor? Balor serves another purpose. I've had people, you know, well, shit. How are they eventually going to get Champa to go, go back to being a heel? Balor's the perfect guy because you could have Balor beat Cole, and then whatever Cole's future holds, it holds. And then, you know, you have a lot of homework to do um, in the sense of you need to go watch NXT and realize how much Ciampa loves Goldie. Um, you could have Ciampa just turn on, turn on Balor, you know. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. There's your, there's your feud post-Cole. You could do Ciampa, you know, against, against Balor or, you know, you know, like that. Um, so, you know, it's yeah, – I. You got to get through it for the rest of the year, it looks like. But I think come January, I think if I had to predict, I think the show the week after the Rumble, not the leading into the Rumble, after that Sunday, I could see that NXT show. I don't know where the Rumble is this year. I forgot. I could see that NXT show being somewhere in that general area. I can see them doing it like that. And then little by little, it will go from once a quarter to once a month to every other week to we're just fully on the road. Yeah, I can see that. I, I, I It's going to be baby. It's not going to be one – excuse me. It's not going to be one fell swoop where all of a sudden, okay, we're on the road every week, you know, blah, blah, blah. I, I think it's going to be baby steps in, but I think that's how it's going to go down. That's, I agree. All right, that's pretty much all for this uh, week. Uh, thanks for listening. Yep. Thanks for the help, John. Enjoy and uh, make sure everybody enjoys SmackDown. Right, listen, right. Re- yeah, enjoy tonight because tonight's going to be fun, no matter what you think of it with all the old-timers and part-timers in this. And then you know what? If they, if we, if they give us a, pr- a good pay-per-view on Sunday – I think this is going to be one of the best wrestling weeks in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I mean, agree. What, what has stunk? Raw was good. Some AEW and, and NXT were good. You've got to assume just on who's going to be there. SmackDown's going to be good tonight. Let's see what the hell in the cell is on Sunday. Find me a dud. Yeah, I can't argue against that. (laughs) So, all right, I'll talk to you next week. All right, later. All right, everybody, see you guys next week. Everybody have a good weekend. Laters. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.